credit card finance. My lecture today is going to be how to use a credit card strategically and how to manipulate your score using a credit card. There are certain strategies that you can use to actually build your credit. My personal thoughts are and my personal experience and what I teach my clients, credit is a game. Do you need to always participate? If you need to purchase a home, if you are looking to purchase a car, you need a business loan or some type of loan, you're going, you're reaching out to a financial institution, credit is going to be necessary. Uh, so it's very important to understand how it works. It's very important to use credit in the way that you need credit to get what you want. Okay? So one of the first things that I always discuss with my clients is you need a budget. A budget is extremely important. You need to make sure that you are looking at your monthly debt and your monthly net income. Now, when you go to a bank, you go to a car dealership, when they are looking at your debt to income, what they're going to do is they're going to take your monthly debt and they're going to divide it by your monthly gross income. Now, we all know we don't live on gross income. So, it's very important to understand that's simply a formula that they use. When you're doing a budget at home, you need to make sure that you are using your monthly net income, okay? So that way you're getting a true picture of what your debt-to-income ratio is. That's what the DTI here means. DTI, true DTI, just means your debts in relation to your income. And remember, we are looking at monthly net income. So one of the most important things as a housing counselor, when I do the counseling sessions, I have a business, The Perfect FICO. When I talk to clients, I'm not going to discuss credit until I can see a budget. If a client doesn't have a budget, we're going to do a budget together. You cannot address debt. You cannot properly handle your finances if you do not have a budget. So the first thing, you need a budget. And then you need to understand what your debts are in relation to your finances, okay? Now, when we talk about credit cards, and the reason why I'm going to talk about credit cards so much is because I have so many clients, the bulk, the majority, almost 100% of the consultations that I do have to do with credit cards. There are a lot of clients that no fault of their own. Look at what happened last year with COVID. They lost their job. And suddenly they're dealing with credit card debt. Maybe they're using their credit cards to get to the next, get through the next month. So credit cards are a big part of our credit. So this lecture is focused solely on credit card debt. Okay. So how do we determine things? What is the best balance to have on a credit card? Well, what we call that is card utilization. Card utilization just means your balance. So the way a credit card company uh, determines your card utilization, and as you can see, I have you set a target at 20% or less of the credit limit. Now, the industry says 30% or less. It simply means that if you went to the bank and your credit card is at 30% of the credit limit, it's okay. You're good. The minute you go over 30%, it becomes a problem. I like to tell clients if you want to really impact your score and you want to gain a few points, more points here or there, keep your cards at 20% or less. 
Do you always have to keep a balance on your card? No. Remember, we are talking about the game. The credit game is you need to show that financial person, that advisor, the loan officer, that you know how to manage your debt. So it's very important if they're pulling your credit in and they see this tiny balance on a credit card, it's an excellent, not only is it an excellent impression, but it does impact the actual FICO score and you will get more points for that. So the way it's determined is they simply divide your balance by your credit limit. In this particular scenario, you see that this client had 300, a $300 balance and they had a $500 credit limit. Okay, so when you do the division, 300 divided by 500, you get 60. That's 60%. Now, this particular client said to me, good, I'm not at the limit, I'm good. There's, I always pay on time. I don't understand why my um, score isn't going up. Well, what I had to tell that client is, remember, the target is 20%. 30 is good, but let's stay well under 30%. This client was at 60%. Inevitably, it doesn't matter if you're paying on time with a credit card. You must pay on time, and you must also keep a low balance on your card. So remember that when we're talking about card utilization, if you hear that word, it's simply your balance. And the way to make sure that you're always uh, in line, you're 20% or less, actually, you simply look on your statement. You don't have to do this math. This is just an explanation of what they do to give you your utilization. So when you look on your credit card statement, you will see 25%, 30%, 90%. This is the formula they're using, a very simple formula. They're simply dividing your balance by the credit limit, okay? Excellent. Now, another interesting topic that I have with clients are always annual percentage rates. There seems to be confusion with APR and the daily periodic rate and your monthly interest rate. Now, annual percentage rate is just that. That is the annual percentage rate. So that means that's the interest that you're charged for the year. Let's say it's 19.9%. Now, that does not mean every month, if you're carrying a balance on your card, you're being charged 19.9%. Look at the formula. The next formula is understand how they are deriving your finance charge. It, the APR must be divided. Now, if it's, and I don't have this here, and I do apologize for that, but if we're looking at the monthly, interest rate, it's going to be the APR divided by 12 because they are 12 months in the billing cycle. Okay, So if we're looking at monthly and interest rate, we're going to divide it by 12. In this example, we're going to get the daily periodic rate. I know a lot of you have heard, well, you, the interest on, you're being charged interest every day on a credit card. Well, if you're trying to calculate what that is, you're simply going to take the APR. Remember, in this scenario, it's 19.9%, and you would divide it by 365, okay? And this gives you the finance charge, okay? Now, I'm going to explain and give examples of that because I think it's very important for anyone that has a card. You must make sure that you, you don't have to always calculate your finance charge every time you make a charge. 
but it is very important to have an idea of what you're actually paying when you make a purchase. So let's use this example. So there are several ways that credit card companies can calculate your finance charge. There is the beginning and ending balance formula. Formula. There's a daily balance formula. There are a lot of different ways, four or five different ways. In this scenario, because I don't want to go through each and every way to calculate the finance charge because I don't think that's necessary. I think what's important is take your statement, look at how your finance charge is calculated because it's on there. There are a lot of clients, and you know who you are, that do not look at their statement and they don't know, some clients don't even know the interest rate, they don't, they're not aware of the finance charge. Look at your statements, look at them, look at them, read the fine print, understand what that card means to you and what it will mean to your finances. So in this scenario, when if a credit card company is using the beginning ending formula, what it does is it takes the balance, this could be at the beginning of the statement or at the beginning of the cycle or at the ending, end of the cycle. And what they do, they multiply by the APR, that's the annual percentage rate. As you can see here, I did the 19.99 since I used that previously. Now, they're also going to look at the number of days in the cycle. So let's say in this particular situation, it's 25. However, some, um, billing, it might, some billing cycles may be 23. It may be 25. Okay, But again, you would need to look at your statement to see how many days are in your billing cycle, to verify what your annual percentage rate is, okay? And then to get the actual finance charge for someone that has a balance of $300, the APR is 19.99%. We're saying they have 27 days in the billing cycle. And because, remember what I said, we're actually trying to figure out um, the, we have to break down the APR. We have to divide it by 365 days. So this is the formula for the ending balance. Your balance multiplied by the annual percentage rate, okay? Multiplied by, in this scenario, 27 days, okay? And then divided by 365 days because we have 365 days in the year. So why are we doing this? Because we remember there are 27 days in the cycle. We want to get an accurate daily periodic rate. That's the DPR. I personally hate acronyms. I think a lot of time in the industry we drop those acronyms and we just assume uh, you know clients understand what we're saying. When I purchased my first house, I remember sitting there and I might have had the good credit, but I sat there and a lot of things that were being said I didn't really understand. I just nodded. <laughs> I felt like I really wasn't in control of that situation. It's the more knowledge you have, the more uh, well-versed you are on credit and how it works, you won't be like I was just sitting there and you're just, I'm just glad I'm going to get the house. I'm not, I'm, I'm hearing things and I'm okay. I, I'll, I sign. So uh, I don't advise that. Let's get the understanding. So in this particular situ situation, the finance charge that's going to be charged on this card for $300 would be $4.43. Now, sometimes I get clients that will say, oh, that's nothing. That's not a big deal. I can handle that. Why do we, why do we say it's not a good idea to carry a balance on a credit card? Well, 
one of the reasons why, yes, it's the finance charge, because we do understand that the higher the balance, the higher the finance charge. But also, in this scenario, so three, so $4.43 would be added to it. What happens if you have to make another purchase? Maybe something, life happens. You need tires. You've got to uh, spend $150 on tires. Okay? So now you have $450. A $450 balance on a $500 credit card. Remember what I said about that. Balance divided by credit limit gives you the card utilization. So your card is too high. The balance is too high. And now, the, with, with this formula, you're not going to have $4.43 again. When we do this over with a different balance, we're going to have a higher finance charge, obviously. Okay? So let's take a, a look at that because some of us have cards that certainly have higher credit limits uh, than 500. So let's look at let's look at another example. So in this scenario, this client has a $1,500 balance, and 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 let's just say, and I'm just going to say maybe it's a, on a card with 5,000. Uh, I'm not really looking at the credit limit right now. We're talking solely about finance charge. So in this scenario, we're still going to use the same APR, 19.99%. So we take 1,500 times 19.9%. We still have 27 days. Where's my 27 days? And we're going to divide it by 365. And then we get $22.18. Now, sometimes I still get clients who say, oh, that's not, not a big deal. I can handle that. Here's what you have to always look at. $22.18 may not sound like a lot, but how long is it going to take you to pay the $1,500 off? Are you going to be adding additional purchases to the $1,500? $22, think about it, in 12 months, if it takes you 12 months to pay that off, well, what does that mean? That's a couple hundred dollars. Now we're not just talking $22. What if it takes you more than a year to pay that off? And now this is what I mean when I talk about what does something really cost. So when we're charging, uh, it's not always easy. My parents, parents uh, from the 1920s, I mean, they, their attitude, you charge and you pay it off. That is ideal. However, as I stated before, life happens. And, and we have to be prepared when things happen to us and we're unable to do that. So when we're making a purchase, a purchase, we need to make sure that we're really, again, looking at the budget. You have to always look at the budget. And you have to make sure if you charge $1,500, you really want to be able to pay that off in not 12 months, not 6 months. You need to figure out for you what works for you. So I won't say that there's an actual time because everyone is different. Every circumstance is different. But it's still very important to understand how much you're paying in the long run how much you will pay by the time that particular debt is paid off. Now, let's look at another balance. I, I have plenty of clients that have credit limits of 20, 30, 50,000, and they might have a balance on, on the card that's 7,000. In the same scenario, we're using the beginning ending balance formula with 27 days in the billing cycle. When we do the same formula, 7,000, 
times 19.99%. Remember, that's the APR. We have 27 days in the billing cycle. And we have to divide it by 365 days in the year because this is the APR. That is not the actual daily periodic rate. Okay? And what do we get here? We get a finance charge of 103.50. Now, what I, I did here was I was like, let's just multiply that by 12 months. And, and let's see how much of a finance charge is added to something like this. Look at that. $1,242. Now, keep in mind, that's if the balance stays around $7,000. you are not charging anything additional. Uh, if you are making substantial payments, that would be less. Okay? Uh, but it's you do this quick math. Because when you're making a purchase, this will help you make a decision as to whether or not you want to finance it with a credit card. Maybe you want to wait, save up money in order to purchase it. Because you want to look at how long will it take you to pay this off. Uh, in this, it's been my experience that usually when we make a charge, it, a lot of times we're not intending to charge more. But again, life happens. And so... This is how credit card debt gets higher and higher. Um, you make a purchase, something happens, you need to make another purchase. Now, if you already have a very high credit card balance, you can see by the formula what type of finance charge is being added each and every month. And what I always tell clients is your minimum payment, sometimes clients will pay just the minimum payment, that sometimes in, in this scenario might be the same as the finance charge could be less than the finance charge. You must look at your statement. But more importantly, you must have the budget. You must look at your budget. You must look at your statement so that you can make the right decision. Uh, this, when we consider things like this, this helps us with our purchasing power. This helps us be in control of the credit card. So it isn't true that uh, we feel like, oh, well, there's nothing. I hear clients say this a lot, but, you know, credit there's nothing I can do about it. I don't feel like I'm in control of it. Um, it is what it is. Well, it's not just what it is. You simply need to understand how to use the credit card. Now, so let's address credit card debt. This is something that always concerns me because sometimes I hear, you read an article, you see something, uh, you talk to a client, might hear even something on the radio, and I've heard this a lot, and it, I'm going to really talk about this. Um, sometimes they'll say, well, if you have high credit card debt, the best thing to do is to get a balance transfer, a balance transfer card, and I'll explain that for anyone that doesn't understand that, or loan consolidation. So let's talk. The first thing you have to understand is a balance transfer is a card that's going to give you a, an introductory rate. It's probably going to be very low. A lot of them will offer 0, 1% for 12 months. You're going to transfer, usually a high balance, onto that transfer card in hopes of paying that down. Now, here's the issue. When we're dealing with high credit card debt, you have to have good credit to qualify for a balance transfer card. So if I'm talking to a client that has a fair score or maybe they have a low score because the credit cards are out of control, they're not going to qualify for balance transfer. So sometimes when 
we are given advice or we read about these things, we do have to qualify it uh, because that needs to be said. You have to have good credit for a balanced transfer card. Let me also say this. Don't always, if you do qualify, don't always jump for 12 months at 0%. It may be better to go with uh, another promotion that maybe it's 20 months at 3%. Remember the objective of a balanced transfer card is so that you can pay that card off. So if you do a balanced transfer and you do not successfully pay the balance down, in that introductory period, guess what? Now you have a card that's the same as the other card. Basically, you just closed out a card and then you opened another card with another company and you now have a high interest rate. You didn't pay it off, so you're back. You're in a vicious cycle. So the first thing with balance transfer cards, remember you need good credit for a balance transfer card. If you qualify for one, then you want to make sure Again, let's go back to the budget. Make sure, based on your budget and you look at your income, <clears throat> that you are able to pay the card down. You have to have that strategy to pay the card down within the 12 months, the 15 months, or the 24 months, whatever you decide. Uh, because it does not behoove you to get a balanced transfer card if you're not going to pay it, have it paid off within that introductory period. Okay, so that is my spiel on balance transfer cards. Now, loan consolidation. This is another big issue for me as a housing counselor when I, when I talk to clients. And one of the things that I notice is sometimes clients will say, I'll just get a loan consolidation. Well, let's talk about that. Here we go again. If you have a good, you have a pretty good FICO score, it's okay. You could do that. You have to remember, though, unlike when you have a credit card and you don't necessarily have a set period of time or so many years to pay that off, with a loan consolidation, now you are required to pay that debt off within maybe five years, seven years, whatever you've chosen. And that's going to be based on your balance and what the bank actually approves you for. If you have bad credit, you may not qualify for the loan consolidation. So in that situation, Again, you've got two scenarios that do not apply to you if you have high credit card debt. Um, so one of the things with a loan consolidation to also consider, here's a negative about that. Let's say you do qualify. You get a loan, it's $10,000. Um, sometimes, again, because of the credit, depending on your FICO score, you could have an interest rate that's higher than it was with the credit card. And now you that payment that you were making with the credit card or you were required to make, sometimes it can be higher with the loan consolidation. Why? Because remember, now you have five, five years, you might have four or five years, maybe seven to pay it. So this is, now you might have a larger minimum requirement as far as your payment, and you may have an interest rate that is also high. And that makes it, that will make it very stressful and you may not be able to fulfill that contract. And I've seen that happen many times only because uh, clients just kind of think that's the, the route to take. And again, not looking at the budget, not looking at the income. You really have to sit down and you have to strategize. And you can't, even in doing that, you cannot predict what is going to happen. 
But those things are so true about balance transfer cards and loan consolidations. They work if you have good credit. You have to have pretty good credit for it to really work for you. And it works on a balance transfer card and a loan consolidation if you're able to pay the debt within that period. So with a balance transfer, if it's a two-year time frame, fine. A loan consolidation, you need to be able to pay that loan down within, if it's five years, five years. Again, this is why we go back to the budget. Can't do anything without the budget. The budget is going to dictate everything for you. The budget will help you make a decision, will guide you as to whether or not that is the best option for you. And sometimes when you're presented with these options, the budget isn't being considered and it's just something you're thinking about. You say, hey, that, hey, that sounds great. But you do need to step back a minute and put it on paper to see if that's something that you can actually uh, do. Now here I, I said that you need to, if you, if these, if you can't get a balance transfer, you can't get a loan consolidation, what do you do? Well, I'm going to say you're going to start, and first let me fix the scenario. What I find a lot in the industry, sometimes clients will have one or two credit cards that have very high balances, <clears throat> and then they might have a couple of other cards that have very low balances. Instinctively, most people will say, work on the cards with a higher balance first. And I'm going to say, no, you need to work on the cards with a lower balance first. And that's what I have here. You want to start with the account with the lower balance. Okay. And why is because, like I said here, the goal is to isolate the card with the higher balance. So let me explain that. Uh, perfect scenario. I had a client, uh, the client had probably about $2,500. Uh, they had a $15,000 credit card. They didn't qualify. They had a lot of credit card debt. They had a $15,000 limit on one card. They had a couple of cards. Uh, there were a lot of cards, actually. I think there were four other cards. One of them might have had a $500 balance. They had very small balances. Um, one might have had a $1,000. That might have been the most. So the total might have been $1,700 with the other card. Client came into, uh, might have been $2,000. $2,2500. I don't remember the actual amount. And the client, when we were talking, said they were going to take the $2,500. Let, let's say it was $2,500, and they were going to pay, put it on the card with the uh, higher balance because it had a higher interest rate and they wanted to bring the balance down. And so I held up the stop sign because I said, wait, I understand the logic behind it. However, there are all these other cards that totaled less than the $2,500 that I advised the clients to pay off. Pay it off. Get rid of those. So then you can focus on the card that has the highest balance. So in, it doesn't make any sense if, you're, if you have a lot of credit card debt and you, you, you come into a little bit of money and that money would suffice to pay off the smaller cards but you throw that onto the card with the higher balance. And this is why. So if the client had done that, which, and I will explain, he did not. If he had put the $2,500 on the card with the $15,000 debt, he, he would have brought the balance down a little bit. Would not have uh, really done much to his FICO score. 
Uh, he still would have a high balance on the card, and he still has all these other little cards that he has to deal with. So what I suggested and what I advised was take that money and let's get those other cards paid off. Now, one of the reasons why I also suggested that is because one of the reasons why the client did not qualify for the balance transfer card was because uh, he had too, too many credit cards and the FICO score wasn't exactly where it needed to be. He was almost there, but it, it really had to do with the overall balance that he wanted to put on the uh, card. He couldn't do that. And let me explain, let me go back to that. So on balance tra transfer cards, you are given actually a set time. Um, in other words, a set amount that you will be able to, you're given a, I can't talk, you're given a, a set amount that you'd be able to transfer onto a card. So for this particular client, I think his 15000 might have been the max. Uh, some of them are lower than that. It, it might have been half of that. So with all of the cards together, I think he might have been at 17500 uh, And so what I told him was, get rid of the other cards. Now, then keep working on paying down. And you're not stopping. Now, let me just explain this. I, in, I am never suggesting to not pay on the card. That is not, if you can make that payment, you need to make that payment. But the goal is to always make sure we're using the right strategy to get you where you want to be. So in this particular situation, the client actually paid those smaller cards off. And then after about six months, he worked on paying the balance down on the card that had a $15,000 balance. And then he went back to the credit card company, and it was a credit union, and he qualified for the balance transfer. Because paying off the other cards that also had balances that were, the card utilization was super high, some of them were over the credit limit, by removing that and taking care of that, it did help his uh, credit score. And then once he qualified for the balance transfer, uh, he did, I think he had 18 months for about 3%. And he had income to pay that, and he was able to successfully, uh, in a two-year period, it's practically two years, pay that down. This is what I mean about strategy. This is what you have to do. Does it always work out the way you want? No. But you really should step back and look at your budget, look at your income, look at what you're trying to achieve before you make that step. So for that client... And for anyone that says that, when I have a session, I tell them, do not address the card with a larger balance first, and that's why. Because in that situation, notice how that helped him, even though he was denied the first time for the balance transfer card, he was able to actually get the card uh, after he took care of the smaller cards, and he paid down the um, that card a little bit. He, I think he knocked off maybe $1,500. He went back to the credit union, then he qualified for the balance transfer, and he was able to take care of that debt. Again, that doesn't always work in every um, scenario. If there isn't money there to pay the debt, then sometimes a client may unfortunately be a candidate for bankruptcy. And I don't really, I'm not going to get into bankruptcy here. I have a podcast where I do talk about that. Uh, but Every scenario is different. Every client is different. But the only way you're going to come up with the right solution for you is to step back. Have your budget. Let's have a plan. 
let's sit down and think about what you're trying to do. So in, in that particular scenario, that client ended up salvaging the, the credit, his FICO score, by just tackling the debt a, a different way, as opposed to just jumping at the larger one. And let me explain. So what if that client had said, okay, I'm just going to focus on the, the card that's got the $15,000 balance. He would have gone maybe a couple of years, he still has a high balance, and he's still making minimum payments on the uh, other cards. He's dragging the process out, and he's going to get frustrated. I know I would. So it's always we want to, we do want to see, um, we want to see some benefit in what we're doing. And a lot of times when you start off with a card that has the highest balance, that's what happens. You won't see that you're moving anywhere because you're still going to have, think about it, even after a couple of years of paying it, you still would have had a um, high balance on that card. So tackle the smaller cards first. If you don't have, if you just have one, um, a card or two cards and they both have high balances, okay, then you don't have to use that in this, you don't have to use this scenario. But again, we have to look at what you have, what is on your credit and how can we tackle it. Now, and what this is, is that this also goes back to, sometimes I get clients, they'll say, well, I don't want to pay the cards off completely. Again, there, this is a no judgment zone. When I do counseling sessions, I respect a client's decision. So some clients will say, I don't want to pay it off. Then the goal would be to pay it down. Then you need to pay all down all the other cards to at least 20%. If, if you take it to 20% or bring the balance down to zero. Now, notice what I have in red. Do not close out the card. Now, why is that? Because it hurts your credit. So even, even, even though you bring it to a zero balance, especially in a situation uh, as a housing counselor, I know we're trying to help a client with their credit so they can purchase a home, I would never advise you to close uh, out your card. Um, I always tell clients, let's, let's do it this way, but once you have the keys to the house and you close, then you can close those accounts out, and if you never want to deal with those again, that's fine. Uh, but to keep your credit where it needs to be, you don't want to close out any accounts, okay? Uh, the other thing is to focus on the card with the highest, which is what I said, I'm just reiterating that. Um, focus on the card with the highest uh, balance and interest. interest. Now that's, of course, after you have done the former. So that's after you have taken care of the accounts with the smaller balances. Then you can hone in on those cards with the higher uh, balances, the high interest rate. Okay? And then the goal here, if a client can, is not going to do a balance transfer, they're not doing a loan consolidation for whatever reason, then you want to make additional payments. And if, again, I always still tell clients you still may want to look in a balance, at a balance transfer card or loan consolidation when you're at a certain point. So again, it depends on the client. There are some clients that will say, look, I just don't believe, I don't want to do the balance transfer. I don't want to close one out to open up another. I totally get that. Some, sometimes it could be wise to do a partial transfer. We don't actually close the card. Um, let me give you a scenario. The, in the previous example with the client that had a $15,000 credit uh, 
get a balance of $15,000. So let's say he the limit to transfer for a balance transfer card, let's say it was $10,000. Well, the, oftentimes you might be able to do a, ba a partial balance transfer. So he takes $10,000 from that card. He leaves $5,000 on the card. He never closes the card out because when you do a balance transfer, you typically close the card. On a partial balance transfer, you do not. So he leaves a balance on the old card and then he opens up the balance transfer card. Now, the balance transfer card will have its promotional rate and introductory period. Okay, and now since he's done the balance transfer, what happens is that you have a lower balance on that original card. So you're going to see, that's going to help your, sometimes the points will fluctuate and it and it sometimes they kind of cancel themselves out but it really does depend on your profile and other things that could be going on on your credit if you did any other uh, made any other purchases on any other cards or if, if you opened up any uh, accounts but what happens is by if that client left that account open and he still has a balance there well guess what he still is going to have a lower finance charge because he doesn't have the high balance on there so a, a partial balance transfer that may be an option as well, where you almost split the debt in half. You keep some on the old card, but you open up the balance tra transfer card to give you, what are you doing? You're giving yourself a reprieve on that high interest rate. And because now the balance, you, you still may very well, so I know what you're thinking. Well, if that old card had an interest rate of, let's say it had an APR of, 29.99%. Yes, I, I'm hearing you. But remember, if now that you've reduced the balance on it because you did a balance, a partial balance transfer, the finance charge is still not going to be as much as it would if you had that total amount on there. Okay? So, and again, this is just a strategy. What happens is sometimes it's not going to be ideal. Sometimes it isn't a quick fix. Um, if we're trying to avoid uh, situations like bankruptcies or uh, debt um, consolidation uh, scenarios, then we're going to have to look at other options, and, and this is just another way to consider doing that. Now, uh, this again is just reiterating high card debt. Um, Again, balance transfer cards, you need good credit, okay? Uh, debt consolidation uh, loans, uh, the interest rate can be high, okay? And again, credit isn't, is, your interest rate is going to be determined on the type of credit that you have. So just because you're in need of a loan consolidation, number one, it doesn't mean that you will qualify for it. You could qualify for it, but you could have a super high interest rate. Um, so that may not be beneficial, which is what I stated here. It may not be beneficial. And so make sure you're checking out the rates. Uh, I have had incidents where clients actually just jumped into a loan consolidation, didn't look at the rates, didn't really look at what that minimum payment would be, and that wasn't the best scenario. So in summary, what I'd like to say again is when you're talking, if, if you have a counseling session or if you're looking at your credit yourself and you're trying to figure out what to do, set a target balance 
on a credit card. So if you're, you're someone and you, you've, you're a novice to credit, um, you've got your first credit card. Okay, so make sure that you're not going over. And I always say 20%. If you want to do the uh, 30%, that's fine. Don't go over the 30%. Keep your balance at 30% or less. And let me, let me also talk about uh, the, the due date and explain a little bit more about the 20% or less. Now, reporting happens only once a month. So when you make your payment on your credit card, let's say your payment is on the 10th, and uh, you t today is the 10th, you're going to make your payment, okay? What, what the 20% or less means is that when you make your payment, you're going to make sure that one, after your payment on your due date, you have left a balance that is going to represent 20% or less of the credit limit. Okay? That does not mean oh, throughout the time that you have the card, you have 20%. Reporting only happens once a month. The only time it counts, and I'm saying counts, meaning when your statement ends. So a few days after you make your uh, payment is when the reporting happens. So your credit card company is going to report your performance, whether or not you paid on time, and what the balance is uh, a day or two after the uh, due date. So the 20% or less means what you need to do is make sure your payment is substantial enough so that when your credit company reports your balance, it's going to reflect 20% or less of the credit limit. It could be even more than that. It could be zero. Um, what's going to happen is that's how you get your points. I've talked to clients where there is some confusion where um, I've heard clients say, well, I didn't pay it on the due date, but um, later on I always make, make sure I bring the balance to zero. Well, number one, you always have to pay it on the due date. No, make no mistake about that. Um, you can pay before the due date, but you must make sure you make that payment because the, if you make your payment, and let me explain this, because this happens a lot, and I see this uh, confusion. Um, you make a payment, and statement ends, and now you're in another billing cycle. Um, on the next billing cycle, your payment comes in. You make a payment, and you've got a balance that represents 20% or less of the credit limit. Now, what you... You made a purchase, though, say, uh, day before the due date that brought your balance a little bit higher. Um, what you have to do is make sure you're including that particular purchase because what you need to do is look at your actual balance. I've seen this happen where maybe something wasn't captured um, as a purchase and a client makes the payment thinking, oh, well, my, my balance, I looked at my balance last week, that payment, um, my, my balance is around $200. Believe it or not, I mean, this, this happens. This is why I said you must look at your statement. The client makes the uh, payment, maybe it's the minimum payment, maybe it's a little bit more, but there's actually some other uh, purchases that were on there, and the balance is not reflecting 20%. It's not reflecting 30%. Maybe it's reflecting 50%. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, the minute you go over 30% of the credit limit and that's reported to the credit bureau, you're going to lose points. Keep in mind 30% of your credit score is the balance 
35% is the payment history. So, and I'm only going to talk about those two because when you think about it on a credit card, your balance is 30% of the credit limit, your payment history is 35%. So when we, as a strategy, when I'm trying to get someone to build points or increase their points on their FICO score, what I will tell them to do is pay everything, pay, make sure you bring your balance at least 20% or less. If you can bring it to 5%. If you pay everything and just leave $5, why am I doing that? Because now they're going to calculate the utilization, which is going to be extremely low. You're going to get points for that. They'll also calculate the fact that you paid on time. That's 35% of the FICO score, and that also will matter. Credit cards are literally, when you are carrying a balance, it's 65% of the FICO calculation. You don't hear it expressed that way, but it is. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to keep a balance on the credit card. But what it does mean is it's helping you understand the importance of the credit card. So for someone that is charging and then before the um, bill comes in or on the due date they, they pay it or bring it to zero, that's fine. They're, they're, going to, they're going to get points for the payment history. But someone, let's say they have a fair FICO score and I'm trying to figure out how can I get more points, especially as a housing counselor, we're trying to get them to a certain uh, threshold so that they can qualify for a particular loan and we've got a time frame to work with. How can I get them so many points in that particular time frame? That's exactly what I'm going to tell them to do. Leave some tiny little balance on it uh, when, you, when you make your payment. I don't care if it's a dollar. I don't care if it's 50 cents. Make sure it's well under 30%. I like to see 20% of less. The lower the balance on the card, the better. And the lower the balance on the card, the more points you're going to get. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're using uh, your credit card. The lower the balance, the more points you get. And the reporting happens one or two days after the due date. Okay, and then once your statement ends, you're starting a new cycle. Okay, so, so it's very important to make sure this is what I mean about strategizing, okay? And then remember, understand how your finance charge is calculated. That's just whenever you make a purchase, you want to make sure that you are looking at what is that actually going to cost you. I have a podcast um, on my website and I talk about that. What does something actually cost you? And the only way you're really going to know, especially when you're using credit cards, is if you take the time to calculate the finance charge. Okay. And then here, again, this just reiterates what I said. I'm ahead um, of my uh, cards here. But, again, credit cards are 65% of the FICO calculation. Okay? The balance is 30%. The payment history is 35%. So what does that mean if you're carrying a high balance? This is why someone can have a, still a bad FICO score even when they pay their cards on time. If your balance is too high, Paying on time is not enough. You see that the balance is 30% of the FICO score, so you're losing points. You may very well pay that card on time, but the, because you're over 30% of the credit limit, you're losing points. Sometimes the points can offset each other, and that's why you don't see movement in the FICO score. So it's very important. You must do both. If you're going to keep a balance on the credit card, and again, I suggest that when we're trying, as a housing counselor, I suggest that because we're trying to get approved for loans. Um, whether that's a, 
a mortgage, like I said, a car note, a business loan. We want to show the bank that we are paying on time and that we can manage and keep a low balance. Well, again, once you get what you want, you can close the, not close the cards out, but you can bring those balances to zero. Okay? Now, any card, if you look at that, any card with a balance of zero does not gain points for card usage. And that's just obvious. That doesn't mean it's a negative thing. It just, it's just saying if you pay your card down each and every month uh, and you pay on time, that's fine. You're going to get credit for the payment history. Okay, let's look at that. The balance is 30%. So, so if you don't have a, a balance on it, obviously you're not going to get any points for having a zero balance. Hence why when I'm trying to get a client to uh, get additional points in a short period of time, I'm going to request that they have a tiny balance on there because I want that additional 30%. I, will, I, I need the 30% and the 35% to help them gain a, a significant points each and every month. Again, that's a part of that credit game, is knowing how to use the card in a way to get you so many points within a certain period of time, uh, to get you qualified for that loan, that mortgage, whatever you're looking for. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I always say, and then if you don't need the credit and you want to just uh, bring, keep everything at a zero, that's fine. But if you go to a bank and you're asking a bank for a mortgage, they need to that you can manage your debt and the way to do that is to have your credit cards in order not to have too many credit cards might I say but still to have them in order um, so they can see low balances okay and then um, if again it just says if you're trying to improve your credit score you need to carry tiny balances on the card this raises sometimes there's a big big debate does that really i I read somewhere and I had a colleague, we, we had a discussion about this. Does that really matter? Test it out. Uh, the best way to uh, dispel uh, the naysayers is test it out. If you carry, let's say you start off and you've got a 695 as your FICO score and you've always been paying your card, maybe you bring your card to zero on your due date. Um, see what happens if you just make a payment and you leave a couple of dollars on it. Now you've you've activated the card utilization. See if that gives you additional points. Um, I'm going to tell you that it will. Um, as a housing counselor, that is the strategy that I use when I need a client to get so many points within a certain period of, of time. Again, I'm not suggesting that you always carry a balance because remember, carrying a balance means you're going to have some type of finance charge added. However, if you keep a low balance on the card, guys, the finance charges pennies on the dollar. So that's not a big deal when we're trying to get, get that house, when we're trying to get the mortgage or we're trying to get the business loan. This is something we're delving into and using this strategy just so we can get what we want. That's the credit game. You use credit to get what you want. So you've got to play the game and you've got to follow those rules to increase your FICO score, to maintain good credit. Uh, again, the, this just says use the 20% rule um, at least, um, and I tell clients now, the four to six months, this is as a housing counselor, usually when clients come in, they're looking to purchase a home, a lot of times the target may be within six months. So for me, what I use is I say, well, for the next six months, four to six months or whatever the time frame is, we're going to, if they 
if they have balances on the credit card, we're going to bring all of those balances down. That's the, the strategy. That's the number one strategy. And get the balances to 20% or less. So that's uh, what I'm stating here. And now, again, notice what I said. Once you've uh, achieved your desired score, you can keep the balance at zero. This is the game. You need to make certain steps and certain moves to get your score where you want it to be. And then when you're, you are there with the credit card, you can bring it to zero. Remember, I said when you close on the home, you have the keys to the house, you can take the card to zero. If you don't need that credit anymore, and I had a client tell me I'm not going to do it anymore, they actually closed the account out. I wouldn't do that, but again, no judgment zone. <clears throat> the point is, use the credit to get what you want. But you've got to follow these steps so that you can improve your credit and you can maintain good credit. Okay? And again, this is really important, guys. Limit the amount of cards that you have. If you are looking to purchase uh, a home, you need at least three to four trade lines. Trade lines are just active accounts, okay? You need at least one of each type of account. An installment account, of course, that's a loan, and, and you need a credit card. You could just have one, um, but it's very important. Just limit, notice what we've been talking about when it comes to credit. Don't have a lot of credit cards. It's just, it. oh, what a tangled web we weave. <laughs> because the credit cards, how they can deceive. You must, you must not have a lot of credit cards. Do everything you can, maybe one or two. Um, ideally, um, I like the way my parents always just had a card and it was for emergencies, maybe rent a car when we were traveling and so forth. But ideally, that's where you want to be. You don't want to, you don't want to have use cards in a way that it's um, supplementing. Uh, actual income. Now life happens and, and sometimes that does happen but we do want to get ourselves out of that because we can see what happens when we have high credit card debt. Now uh, again this is just remember um, your card balances 20% or less. The balance on your card is tied directly to the FICO score. I cannot reiterate that more um, any more than I have throughout this lecture. Your balance on the card is tied directly to your FICO score. How? It's your card utilization. It's 30% 30, 30 of the FICO score. So if you have a balance, it's going to be uh, tied directly to the FICO score. If you have a zero balance, well, that's not going to be rele relevant because you have a zero balance. But what will be relevant would be the payment history. Okay? So if your balance goes up, on your credit card and that's what I mean by that is when we talk about going over the 30% you're going to lose points. That's the rule. Your balance goes up on a credit card, you start going over 30% your FICO score starts to go down. You're going to lose points. If you start lowering the balance on your credit card then your FICO points go up. This is a game. This is just what we have to do. Okay? And again, like I said, as always, before making, making a purchase, you want to consider how long it will take you to pay it back. And again, do you always know? Absolutely not. But you want to take the time to at least look at your budget. Take the time to look at your finances. Look at the intention. Look at what you're trying to do so you can make a good decision. You want to make a good buying decision. Whenever you've got that credit card in your hand, stop and think. Think about your budget. 
Think about your finances. Think about, and this is important, if you're looking at, well, it'll take me about a year to pay it off, then take the time to calculate what the actual finance charge is going to be. Um, an idea, an average, because maybe, especially when we looked at the one where it was a $7,000 balance, uh, and you saw how much finance charge would be added over um, a year, and, and that's if the balance just stayed at, stayed at 7000 it was well over $1,200, that sometimes can make us look at other options. So that's why we want to do those things. Okay, and again, when we talk about your DPR, daily periodic rate, please remember your APR is not the DPR. So your annual percentage rate is not the daily periodic rate. Your annual percentage rate is the interest you pay over the year. You have to divide that for the daily, that's daily, by 365. If you're looking at your billing cycle, you're going to divide the APR by 12 months. So just remember that. And that's just, trust me, I do not suggest calculating. Uh, every time you make a purchase, you need to calculate your finance charge. I do think it's important to understand how it's calculated. Okay? And this is the same thing, just about your balance going, um, your balance going down, how your credit will go up. And that is, your, your FICO score will go up. And that is the ultimate goal, guys, is to build your credit score, build your credit file, profile. Um, you want to increase your FICO points. Um, so in conclusion, use these strategies to improve your credit score and your credit profile. And guess what? You will. You, you cannot lose by using these strategies. Re please use a budget. Please take the time to calculate what something really costs. Have an idea of what it's really going to cost you. It can save you tons of money. It can save you in, in some, some situations when we talk about um, high credit card debt. It can save you uh, from debt management uh, companies needing to do uh, balance transfer cards or unfortunately when, like I stated before, when life hits us and we, we lose a job, what can happen is uh, we may not be able to even address the debt and then we have to look at other options. So if you have credit cards, use them wisely, manage them wisely, look at your statement and understand your billing cycle. Understand the type of method that is used to calculate your finance charge, okay? Know your APR and understand what the actual um, daily rate is, DPR, okay? And that's APR divided by 365. And know your monthly interest rate, APR divided by 12 months. And what this does, it gives you the confidence. You're now in control of your credit. So don't believe it when they say, oh, there's nothing you can do. There's, you can do everything with your credit. You can be in control of your credit. Use these strategies and you will always know where you stand with your credit. You can be confident when you walk into a bank, when you're speaking to a financial advisor, whatever you're doing, you are in control of your credit. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with me today. And I wish you luck on your journey.